Hi there, I'm Greg Flynn, and this is The Bind, a podcast for men and the people that love them. It's all about helping men untangle the beliefs and behaviors that keep us stuck, stressed, and in shame. You can't do this alone, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. So I am actually recording from kind of vacation, I guess you would say. I uh, decided to take a few days away on my own, a little bit of a personal retreat to just kind of decompress, get out of the city and get someplace quiet. I love to come out here to Whidbey Island. I have a, a friend who has some space that I can use and I'm she's letting me use it and I am super grateful. So I've spent the last few days out here. I've got another day or so to enjoy it but it's been on my mind to just like maybe this would be a good place to record and and then on Friday I had a bit of an experience uh that I was like oh that's a thing I could talk about that's kind of interesting and and I'll just share with you what that was there's a nonprofit here there's a space that I like to go to and I I saw somebody who's affiliated with this space and he he, he asked me, he said, you know, I've got a question for you. Would you, would you be willing to answer a, a question real quickly? And I was like, yeah, I would. And he said, well, you know, I know that you work with, you do work with men. And I think you do work in like the organizational space as well. I said, yep, I do. That's true. And he said, I'm just noticing that there's not a lot of men stepping into leadership in the nonprofit space. And I'm, I'm wondering if you have some thoughts on what that might be about. <laughs> I was like, hmm, yeah, maybe I do. You know, it's, I mean, it's interesting because what I found myself saying was, you know, I, I think there's probably lots of reasons why um, men may or may not be applying for roles or like looking for specific roles in, in leadership spaces. But I think that there's some things that we could consider. And I think some of those things are relevant to the conversations that we have here in this space on the bind and that I've been having with others and and that I have in my work and whatnot. So one of the things that I found myself saying and you know I've been reflecting on since is I think we have to I think we have to take a look at the the culture we're in, ultimately. And I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying some of what I'm going to say, but I think, you know, the reality is the reality is that we live in a time right now where it actually is kind of tricky to be a man. And it's tricky to be a man who is interested in leadership or has a vision and wants to enact that vision or take skill sets that have been developed over a course of of a lifetime and actually bring them forward, it, it can feel tricky to understand what our place is when it comes to leadership, when it comes to creating something, when it comes to enacting a vision, when it comes to stepping into places of power. 
And I think part of the reason it feels tricky, and I think that there's like, it is tricky. I think it feels tricky. And I don't necessarily think that those two things are the same. I think there's ways in which things are internalized as men that are not necessarily fully in in alignment with the reality of what's happening around us. And I think that there's ways in which the cultural conversation that we're having doesn't line up with uh, the experience that men are having. And that doesn't necessarily line up with what's actually being asked of men and others who are in more dominant or um, power holding privileged privilege is probably the best way word way to put it privileged positions positionalities and i think it's tricky because there's not a lot of places where we can talk about this stuff without starting to edge up to things that start sounding pretty sketchy so let me let me give an example here i don't know that there's a lot of places so uh, actually let me let me back up here I was recently talking to somebody who's employed by a um, a social media company here in Seattle. They're they're employed in Seattle. The company is not based in Seattle, but they're a social media company. I'm not going to say which one, but I was talking to them about the different kinds of um, ERGs or employee resource groups that they have at their organization, and I asked them because they were we were talking about diversity, equity, inclusion work, DEI work. We were talking about anti-racism stuff specifically. And I asked them, I was like, do you you have spaces for white men to, to do the the work that you're doing, you know, that the, to engage in this work, to actually directly engage in this work. And they said, we don't, you know, we actually don't have that. And, and part of it is because the ERGs tend to come from a request from the population. So if there is an ERG, for example, for, um, the um, African heritage or the black population at the company or black women in particular, um, let's say, or for LGBTQ or for um, some other population, that that, that that group got created because there was somebody or a group of people in that population who said, hey, this is a thing we could use that would help in the company. And uh, she was like, yeah, and, you know, white men haven't done that, right? And I don't think that's surprising, right? I don't think it's surprising at all. And and I think the reality is, is that as men, it's not the kind of thing we typically do, right? Is to say, oh, we can, we need this group. Now, part of this is our, is the conditioning we we talk about a lot of like you know as men we don't necessarily reach to each to each other and say hey should we talk about this hey i could use some help on this thing but another part of it is the cultural conversation that i think would label a group of men like let's say in this company a group of white men coming and saying hey we need a group for white men to actually talk about and process the the race conversations that we're having i think it's safe to say that there's that there's a potential in that experience for a pushback that could that could be pretty in, intense, right? A pushback on those men saying like, "Wait a minute, why do you need a space? Why do white men need a space?" And there's there's reasonable, I think, criticism of the idea of white men wanting a space. 
of men in general wanting a space. One of the arguments is like all your spa- all the spaces are your spaces, right? And that's there's a truth in that in that there the the, the dominant culture, the dominant space is for men and for white men. Uh, we tend to uh, feel more we tend to feel comfortable in, in a lot of these spaces because they've been created for us and by us in a lot of ways. But this is a big but. I don't think that we have the kinds of spaces that we need in order to wrestle with the questions of the things we're, we're experiencing. So how does this connect to the question of like, where, where are the men stepping in the leadership? Well, I think one of the answers to that is that there's a, there's a message that's out there and it's a real message and it's a legit message that men need to step back, right? That men need to, Take a seat. It's not your turn, right? It's not our turn. I think that's legit in a lot of ways. I think it's true in a lot of spaces. And I actually think, like the nonprofit that I was, you know, talking to this person about, I don't know that what they need is like a new male executive director. I don't know that that's true, especially a white one. But I think that the possibility that one of the reasons we're not get, we're not seeing the kinds of candidates that maybe we're, we're interested in is because there is an uncertainty as to what it would be like to actually step forward. There's a fear around it, a legit fear in a lot of ways, because that fear is re- a reaction to the kinds of pushback that we get in the, in the culture. But I also think it's a fear that's rooted in the way that that pushback is experienced, because I don't think the majority of let's let's just say like the majority of feminists or folks who identify as feminists or have a feminist philosophy or uh, point of view would be i don't think that what they're saying is men should not be leaders anywhere and should all just uniformly sit down and be quiet i think there's probably some <laughs> there's probably like a a sliver of that population. But I can say from my experience that the the women and the fo- the other gendered folks or the folks who are gender fluid that I know who are would identify in the a more feminist or anti-oppression approach to things, I'm not hearing them say men are bad and should sit down and shut up. What I'm hearing is, hey, <laughs> we need to have conversations about the role of power and the role of men and the ways that men have actually uh, benefited and um, created systems and structures that have kept others at bay and kept others from being able to take roles of leadership and shape the conversation and shape our organizations. We need those conversations. I believe Men need spaces to navigate that because it brings up a lot. We don't often understand what's going on, and and it can often feel like a personal attack. And so we need to have spaces in which we can do that. And we just don't often have them. Men's groups are one place where we can do that, right? Because it's part of of our of our processing and engaging. Now, this is this means that we have to have kind of a systems view incorporated within our men's group, right? And it's one of the one of the challenges I've had with some of the other men's like men's organizations I've been a part of is I don't think that there's a very like good 
um, systems view, meaning a view of patriarchy, a view of the ways that the systems and structures that we live in have benefited men over time, particularly white men. But that's not, I'm not going to, I don't want to go too far down that hole. I feel like I've gone a little bit too far down that rabbit hole for this conversation as it is. There's this need, I think, for spaces. And I think there's resistance uh, in a lot of ways to create those spaces. So like, for example, you know, I, one of the things I've done in the last few years, is I, I have a program that I've run, I think I've run it five times now. It's called Men Connecting, Understanding Whiteness. And it, here we go, back to, back to <laughs> bringing, in, bringing in race. It's fine. It, it can't be ignored here. And it's a, it's a space for white-bodied men to explore anti-racism and explore the concept of white supremacy and what is it and how does it live in us? How do we experience it? How do others experience us? How do we experience ourselves? What do we do about all this? A place to wrestle with these questions. And, you know, it's, it's tricky. It's challenging. And I actually haven't, I haven't encountered too much pushback on it, a teeny tiny bit, but not a whole lot of pushback on it. But I think part of that's because I don't have that big of a, of a, of a platform, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't It'd be great if it was bigger, but it's, it's not. And, um, and so I haven't received the level of pushback that I think a lot of things have, but like, I imagine what would it be like to be a guy in that social media company and be like, I want to create an employee resource group for men to talk about all of the challenges that we're facing here in this organization, you know, let alone like, um, to, to actually, bring in something like race, right? To just talk about like, how, what's, what's up for men in this organization? How hard is it? What are we experiencing? Because it is tricky, right? That the, the, the dynamic is not one in which we can kind of expect or assume an ignorance. It's the opposite. We expect a certain kind of all-knowingness and every little mistake People are afraid of, men are afraid of, I'm telling you right now, men are afraid of making huge mistakes at work. I think most guys actually have in their heart a desire to do good, but we don't have a lot of models and we don't have places to talk about them. So I, you know, this is one of the reasons I do encourage men to go into men's work, men's groups, men's circles, is because that's a place where we can actually bring these kinds of concerns and talk about them together. It's one of the reasons also, I would say, that it's useful to have a men's group that's actually facilitated, because oftentimes we can get kind of wound up in some of these conversations, and I think we, we want to help them help navigate towards some kind of level of understanding or what's possible or what's important. I think the the answer to the to the question this this guy asked me of like where are the men why are they stepping in the leadership i i think i've touched on just a little bit of what i think about it here i think there's a there's more to it probably and i think there's elements of this that i i don't quite get don't quite understand but i think this this reality of the complexity of what it means to exist as a man in the world today needs to be part of our conversation. And that's kind of why I'm kind of like just kind of dropping it in here a little bit, right? I think it'll be something that we talk about more over time. Um, I actually, there's a conversation that I want to have with somebody 
that's connected to this. And and we'll get a little more deep into it, right? But I think this idea of what does it mean to invite in spaces where men can explore the current reality and explore the history, the legacy of men in power, explore what it means to live in a world in which things are changing, right? Because in a world where things are changing, we actually need to find a way to connect to something new and to grow and change and transform with it. So I'm just going to leave that there. I don't know necessarily how useful this is to anybody. It's what's on my mind right now. This is going to be a short one because I want to get back to resting. And thank you for listening to this. Don't forget, if you are a guy and you're kind of curious about the men's work thing, but you're not quite ready to step into a circle, to check out step zero on my website, gregorybflin.com slash step hyphen zero, Z-E-R-O. Please share this podcast with folks, like and subscribe it, leave a review, all that good stuff. Let me know your thoughts. If you have questions or if you have reactions to what I said, please shoot me an email at greg at gregorybflynn.com. I look forward to hearing from you and look forward to connecting at some point. Oh, goodness gracious, I forgot about this. This coming Tuesday? Yes. This coming Tuesday, the 21st of March, my friend Christian Squaresmith has invited me to join him. I don't actually have the details for this in front of me. (laughs) I'll have to drop something in here about it. Look in the show notes. I'm going to be joining Christian for an evening. um, I think it's called Breaking the Man Box, something like that. An evening with Christian Squaresmith and Gregory Flynn. We're going to be talking about the foundations of this work. If you're in the Seattle area, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Go check it out. It's on the 21st at like 6.30. It's in West Seattle. If you're in the area, come by. It'd be great to see you. Come and say hello. And uh, that's it. So enjoy yourselves. Take care of yourselves. And I will look forward to connecting soon. Cheers. Cheers.